Hello, Assalamualaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And I'm back with some more rumors and corrections, some disinformation, misinformation uh, and verifications. Um, there is this, um, you know, as if you remember the last time we all talked, uh, most of us had given out the news the good news that basically the courts had thrown out all the cases of the of Imran Khan's and also the military courts were obliged to throw out the case. Um, technically, we will say that he was granted bail in each and every uh, case of his, but um, unofficially or if we try to uh, say it in the layman's uh, language, the courts basically scrapped the cases because they termed them as bogus. Now, here's another thing is that um, as soon as they did all that, uh, the next day you must have heard all the rumors and the so-called news. Remember, the mainstream media in Pakistan does not deliver news. What it delivers is unverified, unconfirmed, scripted, fabricated news, which means that is essentially rumors. Uh, nowadays, uh, in order to get actual news on Pakistan, you really have to turn to social media because all the bona fide journalists of Pakistan have uh, left the country and they are continuing um, their uh, practice, one could say, for the lack of a better word, um, abroad so they are still um, uh, you know giving you the correct information um, as uh, veteran journalists as senior journalists as genuine journalists who are actually doing their job um, as opposed to the so-called journalists uh, in Pakistan working in the mainstream media similarly there are journalists within Pakistan that are also they have basically turned to social media so basically if you need to get any real news you need to go to social media in order to glean um, the information there the correct verified information um, now uh, here is this rumor that that suddenly spread that as soon as these cases were thrown out the very next day the court called him in and all but actually what happened is that uh, the chief justice uh, the supreme court's chief justice bandial if you remember, he has been constantly slandered and maligned by the illegal government because he is basically the last man standing between them and the complete um, coup d'etat of the country, you could say, the complete um, overturn of the country by the illegal government. Uh, so basically, he is the last man standing between upholding the law and constitution and dismantling it uh, because of that he is in a tight spot obviously and he also realizes the fact that which most of us as as the public we have been blaming the supreme court for bringing us to this stage in the first place um, by you know shooting itself in the foot when it went after Imran Khan um, previously. I mean, I think the Supreme Court had enjoyed so much freedom uh, in that less short span of three, three, uh, three years, which it never did before, that I think it sort of went to its head. It went to the judiciary's head and they thought that, okay, we're the almighty, all powerful. Everybody has to bow down to us, forgetting that they were given this, this apolitical neutral freedom 
by because of Imran Khan's government, because Imran Khan was uh, basically trying to uphold the law, and so he listened to everything that the Supreme Court had to say. Um, that sort of proved fatal because you know at the end of the day, the Supreme Court kind of gave that loophole that the U.S. was looking for to send its minions, and the minions have been looking for that loophole to you know sort of um, topple the elected government. Well, um, now the Supreme Court uh, is working much more harder than ever uh, to uphold uh, not only its apolitical uh, stance and its neutral stance, but also its, um, uh, you could say, its power, its uh, power as given by the state to maintain law and order, to maintain constitution, to maintain the state itself the freedom, the sovereignty of the state. And because of that, now Bandial, uh, Chief Justice Bandial is under huge pressure because on one side he has to face the uh, attacks, personal attacks, by Maryam Nawaz, who, again, I would question her position and what position is she making um, personal attacks and what position is she, is she defaming and slandering an incumbent Chief Justice of the Supreme Court and why is it that she hasn't been charged for it, I mean, Imran Khan seems to get uh, charged for things he's not even done, and he seems to get charged for things that are being done by the PDM members and by Maryam Nawaz. So I really would like to know why is it that nobody has charged Maryam Nawaz, as well as the sitting incumbent ministers in the illegal government, for maligning um, a sitting chief justice uh, of the Supreme Court. Um, so basically, in the face of all these slanders and defamations and malignant attacks, um, he has still tried to maintain not just his uh, position while it lasts, but also um, he is trying to make sure that no injustice uh, takes place um, right under him. And it is because of that that actually uh, this this. Uh, briefing, or you could say that um, this um, appearance of Imran Khan in, uh, in front of the Chief Justice was to further elaborate uh, and give a detailed, um, you could say, uh, a, a detailed um, decision on why the case is being thrown out. Uh, and uh, it was basically to do with the arrest. The arrest uh, had to be addressed, the illegal arrest of Imran Khan that created that whole uh, excuse for the illegal government to create a false flag operation in which they could again use that to dismantle Imran Khan's party and to further eliminate Imran Khan. Uh, which they have uh, very miserably failed to do so, despite their various dogged attempts and their various pathetic attempts and their various, uh, you know, uh, very pathetic flexes. So at the end of the day, Imran Khan flexed and he won. Uh, the Chief Justice flexed and he won. So, so much for them. Uh, so basically, how did they win? Chief, The Chief Justice... Um, uh, put on the record uh, the statement given by Imran Khan in the court uh, when Imran Khan was first asked about the 9th May scenario um, immediately after the fact. If you remember, he was brought to court, he was made to appear, he was summoned by the Chief Justice and ordered to give his uh, explanation or his point of view or his statement on it. 
uh, and the and or contrary to the uh, rumors that were being spread by the illegal government through their minion journalists in the mainstream media the uh, imran khan actually actively uh, did condemn the violence and he uh constantly asked for a neutral and open investigation uh and also he kept uh re- reiterating that he and his party members have no involvement whatsoever and that if any of his party members are involved they need to be brought to justice as well because he uh, basically denied any and all involvement with the incident of violence he accepted that yes protests um peaceful protests which is something that he has been staging for 27 years uh, it will always remain and that is the right of the people but initiating active violence against those certain locations was not under his uh incitement or nor under his orders and he had nothing to do with it and, and obviously how could he he was already under arrest when all that thing when all that scenario broke out um because of that the that 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 statement of his has been added to the details um of the decision by the court um upon which the court has also declared once again that the arrest was illegal because he had already surrendered himself to the court of law and that the premises of the court of law was breached the sanctuary was violated uh, of the court of law by the uh uh by the commandos or the rangers or what not that just came and kidnapped literally kidnapped the former prime minister imran khan from the premises of the of lahore high court and so once again that whole um that whole incident was condemned as illegal and uh, the 9th may scenario was again as i said i'll repeat again for a third time it was uh, added to the detailed um decision by bandial chief justice bandial and that is basically uh, what just happened now at this but because of that as um as uh, sabar shakar explained quite nicely in his latest um vlog uh, or you can say his uh, late yeah his latest vlog wherein he gave a detailed report on how the, it works because he was actually one of the founders of the supreme court press association and he was the first secretary general of it so he explained how they they formed this association with the then chief justice of the supreme court in order to be able to um work on a more professional level with the uh judges and because you know they were court reporters basically and it was their job to um report on any decisions that were made in the court of law and to be able to have a background behind it and all it was necessary for them to always meet the uh the the, the chief justice involved in any of those cases at the end after the ruling was made so basically um that is uh, that is a precedent that was set in a more organized fashion before that it was uh, never thus disorganized now the association has grown and it is a proper association and so the current members uh, of the association out of which three of those journalists had to meet uh, chief justice bandial in order to get the whole uh basic understanding before they put forward their report or before they put forward their um uh you know uh, their take on the 
the ruling made by the chief justice. So they had that meeting, which, as I said, was basically very normal for the press association. They always have meetings with the, the chief justice involved or the judge involved in the rulings and before they give their report so that they have a much better, um, much better information and a much better um, and, and much better content, you can say, verified content before they make the report. So. Um, this was again used by the illegal government's minions in the mainstream media where they have tried to malign the chief justice once again saying that he met so-and-so reporters in order to you know uh, create a so-and-so narrative and this and that um, so this was all BS the problem is and the point is um, as we know they have already kind of uh, Zardari has basically shown his plans of how he plans to install himself and his son as future, um, you know, prime ministers and president of Pakistan by simply, uh, you know, putting people of their own choice who are not even elected. Uh, for example, as they did in Karachi, they just put a man of their own choice as mayor without any elections. He wasn't even a contestant. He wasn't even elected within the party. He wasn't even qualified. And they just put him there, even though um, as per the elections, it was the, uh, uh, it was the Jamaat Islami that won. And similarly, when in Kashmir, he did the same thing. He just pushed his own people in. There, there was no real uh, transparency in the elections. It was all rigged. The decisions were made before the elections were even um, gotten through, um, before the voting even, and it was already decided who was going to be there. At the same time, now in Gilgit Baldistan, what they tried to do, because Gilgit Baldistan already had uh, uh, their own provincial government, nobody had removed that government yet, and that government had a clear majority of PTI, because that is one of PTI's main bases, remember. So they uh, illegally. Uh, uh, sort of uh, removed the government of Gilgit Baldistan and they are trying to uh, basically um, they're basically cr uh, pretending that they're going to hold elections but again it's all illegal first of all and it's a charade and it's just a farce um, so they're basically again trying to pretend that they're going to hold elections and they're just going to push their people in so uh, on that, uh, that is where we stand right now. But the thing is, um, vote bank wise, they are all broke. They don't have anything to their name, especially uh, Muslim League known, that is Maryam Nawaz and Washi's party. They have completely minus, not even zero, but they're on a minus when it comes to their vote bank. They've lost their base. Um, Imran Khan is at an all high as always. Uh, because of that, um, they are still trying to steal his votes or break them down or, you know, um, just basically break up his party. They're still working on that, but they have been very unsuccessful till date. The only way they can um, come into government is uh, through rigging. And they have already started rigging, but now the whole world's eyes are on them. So it's going to be... I don't know what's going to happen because I think it doesn't really matter if the whole world's eyes are on them. Although, yes, I am expecting that the overseas Pakistanis, those very extremely rich and powerful overseas Pakistanis who these people uh, were so pathetic enough to offend, those uh, they have to come, um, they will be coming this month.
if I remember right. So when they come and when they start their own investigative process and when they start their own recording process and research with all the other relevant organizations that they're bringing with them, um, then I think we can hope for something better. Uh, until then, I cannot be sure, nobody can be sure, because rigging has always been a part of our uh, elections throughout our history. Um, there's not been a single time when the elections have not been rigged. And it was only once when Imran Khan won the elections that it was not 100% rigged, but it was still rigged enough for him to lose his two-thirds majority, which he would have gotten if the elections were 100% transparent. Now, you un you need to understand that at the moment, because ben uh, Chief Justice Bandial has got very uh, little time left before his retirement, he needs to uh, give rulings on two to three major cases yet, which will completely um, help, you can say they will help turn the tide. Uh, you know, so if he manages to give those, give, give those rulings, um, then actually Pakistan can be saved. And if, but if due to some reason he fails to give any one of those rulings, then the illegal government would still be able to um, have the upper hand, at, at least when it comes to the illegal reforms of constitution. One of the, one of the um, cases that Chief Justice has to give a ruling on, the other ruling that he has to give on is the NAB. Uh, you know, reforms that they're trying to make that's, uh, and the, you know, so basically he is all those three major, plus they have tried to uh, screw with the Chief Justice, um, the the position of the Chief Justice and, and the, uh, all the, the power that, that the Chief Justice should have in the Supreme Court, they have tried to mess with that. So he needs to, again, put that back to rights before he leaves. Now, the thing is that um, will he be able to do that before he leaves or will he be actively interfered with? Mind you, the Chief Justice did not take that line down. The, uh, the maligning, the slandering, the defamation that the journalists tried um, as per script or as per, you know, money given to them. They were bribed to, you know, um, initiate attacks against him. Um, he gave them as good as he got, uh, if not more. Uh, he actually um, very harshly reminded them of their place. He also reminded them of their ethics and the um, of what a, a journalist's code of ethics is supposed to be. And uh, basically, he berated them in a very professional and a very harsh way, which was very good. Um, he also flexed this way, which is good. So he has been flexing. Imran Khan and Chief Justice Bandial, they have been flexing. They have been winning as opposed to the establishment, the army and the illegal government who have been very miserably flailing in their flexes. So that's something good, I guess. But as I said, this is Pakistan. One just doesn't know um, which way it can turn. We can only hope that they manage to reach the end goal that we're all that the that they're working towards and that the public is hoping for um, before anything gets worse. Otherwise, get ready. Get ready to demand from America that okay, if you want us to be a colony of yours. If you want us to start paying dollars, then you need to start paying us in dollars, maybe change our currency to USD and give us a green card and a passport to boot. And now we come to one of the latest flexes by Imran Khan, uh, which is again, it displays the, uh, you know, the ultimate 
miserable pathetic uh, um, situation or condition of our government that the IMF actually had to come uh, remember this is in the in his latest uh, speech or latest address to the nation Imran Khan had uh, explained uh, why the IMF had to uh, would have had to come and meet him and that is because uh, uh, you know when he was in the government and when he was supposed to sign the whole standby uh, agreement and all with IMF in order to um, avoid putting Pakistan on the brink of default. These same parties that are now part of the PDM, they tried to blackmail Imran Khan um, that they would not sign um, the agreement, uh, they would not stand by him and signed the agreement with the IMF until he grants them NRO. And he refused to be blackmailed and this is why they did not sign and this is why when they took over they had to go through the whole thing all over again. And then once again IMF said that they will not accept anything unless these agreements are signed by not just the parties that are in the illegal government but the party that still part of the government in one form or the other and which was the former government and that is Imran Khan's party because remember they might have tried to dismantle his party but members of his party are still in the parliament and the assemblies here and there and they are not completely removed from the government so they are still part of the government even if they're in the form of an opposition um, so Imran Khan just for the sake of the country he has decided to work on this with them because if he refuses to if like them he decides to blackmail them and refuses to uh, sign uh, this agreement then Pakistan will most definitely be declared uh, defaulter and it would be you know pushed to the brink after all getting Pakistan out of the uh, you know st uh, out of the gray list uh, and not letting it fall into the blacklist of the FETF um, is is this is basically the uh, this is all uh, a credit to Imran Khan's and his government's hard efforts um, and because of that um, you know obviously he cannot see his efforts go down the drain again even though he's no longer prime minister so there is another flex on uh, to his credit once again that is why the IMF was obliged to meet him at his place in order to get the agreement signed in order to get his stand on it his take on it his vote on it and uh, obviously the pathetic mainstream media was obliged because it's sanctioned and it's censored heavily by the government they it, can you imagine that they actually blurred out the face of Imran Khan I mean that is the most pathetic most miserable most stupid idiotic moronic thing I've ever seen in my entire life but anyway that is what it is uh, but yeah you see you cannot deny the importance and the power of Imran Khan uh, even the IMF uh, cannot deny his importance and uh, his power even American government and establishment that have been dying to eliminate him cannot deny his power after all he is one of the most influential most powerful figures in the world not just in the country who are you messing with this is actually being actively uh, agreed upon and accepted and talked about uh, amongst the members uh, within the parties themselves, within all these 12 to 14 parties that formed this pathetic coalition. Every single uh, gathering of every single member from every one of these parties, when they have their gatherings, it has been confirmed by uh, various uh, reporters, um, uh, you know, as inside information that they have been talking about this very fact that they have 
failed miserably in any and all of their tactics to subdue and eliminate Imran Khan and that this latest tactic of theirs has also fallen flat. So basically this is the main issue that is being discussed amongst members from within all these parties that they have failed miserably not just as a government but as a as a body that was brought in to eliminate uh the biggest party of Pakistan and its leader and also they have, they have failed miserably when it comes to the uh, economic crisis and the social crisis in the country and because of uh, their pathetic acts you know because of uh, their stupidity um, they have forever uh, cost their own political future their careers are on the line so this is me signing out for now um, until we get more Take care, everybody. Khuda Hafiz.